There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Say, I am more than a conqueror. Say it again, I am more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me my spirit. Amen. Remain standing, if you would. Go to Matthew chapter 16. Remain standing, Matthew chapter 16. And I want you to get down to verse number 18. Matthew 16, verse number 18. Somebody say, we are harvest. Matthew 16, verse number 18. It says this. This is Jesus talking. And also, I say to you that you are Peter. Uh, 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 one of the translations for his name meant rock. He says, and I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against him. Look at neighbor. Say neighbor. neighbor. Hell, hell cannot prevail, cannot prevail against, God's against God's church. Tell him, say you are his church. Verse 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Father, tonight we're going to do some binding and some loosening and so tonight, Father, we celebrate you that your word has made us a promise that the gates of hell cannot prevail against your church. And so tonight, Father, we pray that we would open up our minds and our spirits to receive what you have ordained for us to receive from this word. We celebrate you and we honor you for it. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. As you take your seats, I want you to high five two or three people and just say, for what, for what, for what, for what, for what? for what you can be seated sometimes when you're in church you can lose sight of what this is all about and sometimes uh, if you've not been in church or for, or for some reason you've fallen away you can wonder what this is all about why do we sing to God why do we give why do we have buildings why do we have staff why do we serve why do we honor spiritual leadership why do we go to church why is any of this import, uh, important the, the underlying question can become for what somebody say for what 
Well, I'm going to give you some simple reasons of why uh, all of this exists. Number one, because Jesus really loves his church. Say, Jesus, Jesus. really loves his church. Hear me, Harvest. Jesus is passionately in love with and militantly devoted to his church. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? He is militantly devoted to his church. So much so that he says no matter what hell would attempt to throw against the church uh, that he is building, uh, he says that it would not prevail. I wish you'd just look at somebody and tell them, say, it will not prevail. It will, uh, uh, no weapon that is formed against his church should ever be able to prosper in any tongue that would ever rise in judgment would always be condemned. Somebody shout, I am that church. I am. The greatest thing on the planet is the church. It's not, it, it, it is nothing else. It, the greatest thing on the planet is the church. The word church comes from this word, ecclesia, which means the called out people. Say, I'm called out. Uh huh. That's why you couldn't fit in with average folk. That's why you can't fit in with average friends. That's why average stuff just doesn't interest you. It just doesn't excite you because you've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Any witnesses in here? So now watch this. The church is not a building nor a place. It is a people. Uh, that's why we are harvest. We don't go to church. We are the church. Which means if I'm at the mall, it's the church. If I'm at the outlet mall, it's the church. If I'm in the parking lot, it's the church. On your job, it's the church. Church is not relegated to a place because you would make it finite. But the church is infinite because its ruler is Jesus. And he has no beginning. And he has no end. And before he was, there was nothing. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the alpha, the omega. Before there was a Genesis, there was God. After Revelation, there's still God. Bishop, what was there before Genesis is one and one? There was God. He just is. He always has been, always is, and always will be. He's just the great I am. And yeah, I share a yeah in Hebrew, which means I will prove that which I am to be. God says, I'm so bad. I dare you try to put a time stamp on my church. I dare you try to put a, a finite limitation on my church. Say, I am the church. So now watch this now. That, that's why 1 Peter 2, 9 talks about how we've been called out of that darkness into the light. Now watch this. It indicates that it's a process. Say process. Too many people quit on God and church during the calling out process. Uh, when you come to Jesus, you are literally like being a, pot, a plant that's being repotted. Everything that you thought you were is now being changed. Everything that you thought you did, everything that you thought, well, this is just how I am. Didn't we learn in the series new that who you thought you were isn't who you're becoming? So now watch this now. Watch this now. Touch your neighbor. Say, don't quit during the process. Uh -huh. See, a lot of people like the promises of God. They don't enjoy the processes of God. But what I discovered about God is that without the process, the promise really don't mean nothing. You can't have an appreciation for up unless you've been down. You can't have an appreciation for prosperity unless you've been broke, messed up, and jacked up. You don't have an appreciation for peace until your body was walking in the middle of the night and you couldn't even find sleep. It are you hearing what I'm saying? I've discovered that it's the bad chapters of life that make the good ones that much better. I've discovered that it's the sour, painful experiences that make the good ones that much better. And so don't quit doing the process. Say, I am being called out of darkness into light. Check this out. The church is so incredible that everything tries to copy us. You didn't hear what I said. Everything tries to copy the church. As a matter of fact, the nightclubs try to copy the church. 
you dress up to go to the club. Y'all ain't saying that. Where they get that from, church? Don't sit up in here looking like you ain't never been in it. <laughs> Touch your neighbor. Say, don't play with it. Don't play. Now, don't act like you haven't frequented it. Uh, <laughs> they copy us. The bartender. He serves spirits. You tell them all your problems. You want them to solve them. Sound like a preacher to me. And then, then they start playing music. And some of the music makes you just throw your hands in there. And you wave them like you just don't care. And don't let them play your favorite song. You might even come out on the dance floor. Y'all not saying nothing to me. They charge you at the door. Now, the club's got it right because they make sure you pay before you enjoy. You're going to pay that tithe up front with the club. <laughs> Bring ye all ye tithes <laughs> into the clubhouse. <laughs> that our liquor bottles may be full and test us now in this. <laughs> Okay, some of y'all are like, what is he talking about? Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Since the church is people and not a building, watch this, building the church means building people. Now hear me, the church, sometimes you maybe have heard the church described as a hospital or rehabilitation clinic, but it's more than that. Say it's more than that. Because what I discovered about hospitals is when you get well, you leave. And that's why many people, when they, on, when they hit rock bottom, they need Jesus. And as soon as they stuff get a little good, sometimes they, you can't find them no more. Oh, don't look at me with that tone of voice. I'll come out there and talk to you face to face. The, the issue with looking at church as a hospital is that you'll say, I really needed to get some encouragement today, so I came to church. Not understanding that encouragement is a perpetual state of being when you are the church and you just don't come to church. Y'all not hearing, hearing, hearing what, I'm, what I'm saying. It's more than a hospital. It's more than a rehabilitation clinic. It's a training center. Say training center. Uh, now, now, the question is, what are you training for? You are training to learn how to reign. Now, I can't talk for no other church, but I can talk for the one that's got my name on the sign says Senior Pastor. You are not coming up in here just so that you can make it up the rough side of the mountain to heaven with the rough side of the mountain. You are here because you're supposed to speak to the mountain and tell the mountain to get up out the way. You are not a victim. Stop acting like life's been so rough to you and it's not been rough to anybody else. Somebody shout, I'm learning how to reign. I'm learning. And every king learns how to reign because he learns how to fight. I, I think I got some fighters in this place tonight that say, I'm learning how to reign. I'm training to reign. You are not a victim. Stop pouting like a child. Life's done, it dealt everybody some jacked up stuff. Life's dealt everybody some unfair experiences. Who signs up to be betrayed? Who signs up to be lied to? Who signs up to have things not go the way you intended them to go? Nobody! But you cannot reign if you have not been trained. And being a part of a church like Harvest gives you the tools necessary to learn how to reign. I wish I had some witnesses right there. 
shall I more than a conqueror. So now watch this. This is powerful now. The church is the only thing in which hell can't prevail. You, you didn't hear me. The church is the only thing in which hell cannot prevail. <laughs> okay, okay. Watch this. Since you are the church. Okay. I can see I got that crowd here. Okay. Okay, cool. All right, let's, let's walk it back. The church is the only thing in which hell cannot prevail. Prevail means win. So some of you may be in your life, you may be bishop, but it looks like hell is winning. You, what you don't understand is how to watch the end of the movie. Because every good movie will give you a cliffhanger and make it look like the good guy's not going to win. Ooh, but baby, if you keep on watching till the end of the movie, hell can never prevail again. I wish you'd have five, two or three people and tell them, say, hell ain't winning, hell ain't winning. It sure ain't winning, even if it feels rough right now. It ain't winning. Keep on watching the movie. Keep on coming to church. Keep on serving. Keep on giving. Keep on getting up because hell can't win. And you need to tell hell when it comes against you, hell no, I ain't going. Can't win. Somebody shouted, can't win. I just feel like I'm feeling to preach a little bit tonight. It can't, it can't win, baby, because it uses outdated tactics. It uses stuff that used to work on you, but since you're becoming new, it don't work no more. It used to throw a bottle at you, but the bottle don't, it don't threaten you no more. It used to throw your past in your face, but your past don't threaten you no more because it uses outdated. Somebody shout in here. See, it used to throw up everything you weren't. Now you don't even care. You just look at it and say, well, I may not be that, but I'm on my way. I may not be what I want to be, but I thank God that I'm not what I used to be because I'm becoming new. I am the church of the living Jesus. It ain't because I've done everything right. It's because he did one thing right. And when he said it is finished, he was talking about his church. And we are the church. So watch. Since you are the church, hell can't prevail against you. Now, here's why sometimes it feels like it does. Because, watch this. Notice his verse. Notice what he said. He said, I say to you, Matthew 16, 18, you are Peter. And on this rock, notice he tells Peter who he is. He tells Peter who he is, so he gives him his identity because he knew Peter had insecurity problems. So he reminds Peter of who he is before he tells Peter he's about to win. Because it doesn't really matter if you win if you didn't know why you won. Bishop, what do you mean? Because you won't be able to replicate or duplicate that which happened on accident. So he says, I'm telling you who you are, Petey. You are a rock. 
But then now he switches gears because he uses the same word, but he's talking about a different thing. See, Peter wasn't what the church was being built on. He was building the church on this revelation that is repeated in the previous verses. So he says, I tell you, Peter, you are a rock. I tell you, Peter, who you are. But now watch this, on this rock. But this rock isn't that rock that he was talking about before the comma. But so what are you trying to say? He says, and on this rock, on this revelation, Peter, of me telling you who you are, I will build, now, now watch this, not Bishop's church, not your church. I will build my church. But now look at this, look at the verse here. And the gates, see, now, now, now here's, here's the paradox in the verse because he says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, now here's an issue. Uh, I don't know about you, but to get to the gate would indicate I'm close enough to it to touch it. <clears throat> You're missing it. The reason sometimes it feels like hell is winning is because, watch this, Jesus' church is bold. Bishop, what do you mean? You're sitting here declaring faith and declaring big things for your life, and you got people upset with you over your dream. And you're trying to figure out why folk acting crazy with me over something I don't even have yet. Oh, you know you're bold when you're talking about it's going to be a year you're going to command when every other previous year you let hell do whatever it wanted to do. You know you're bold when after all the mistakes you've made, you still got the audacity to lift your hands. You know you're bold when you come boldly to the throne of grace and say, I know I haven't done everything right, but I believe that you did. And look at somebody and say, you show up bold. You show. You know you're bold when you got the unmitigated call to ask God to move for you after you didn't ram your mouth the way you ran. You know you're bold after you've spoken a bunch of negative stuff, but say, but I still got the faith to believe that I can cancel that negative and replace it with the word. You're bold. Somebody look at somebody and say, you're bold. Jesus' church is bold. <laughs> and it's close enough, it's close enough to the gates of hell because we're snatching people out of hell. You, you're missing it. You're missing it. The reason the gates won't prevail, there's a condition. He said, you got to get close enough to it. Maybe these folks here understand me. He said, the way you'll know it won't prevail is it's got to get close enough to look like it's going to fail. I don't have no faith in this room. So Okay, let's, let's dial it back. Do, 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 do. Let me put it through my Denver translation filter. Do, 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 do. Good evening, everyone. I'm Bishop Foreman. We'd like to thank you for coming to tonight's worship experience. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We're the church. But the way we know that they don't prevail 
is we get close enough to the gates to where the fire that kills the others. The fire that makes other people throw in the towel. Camera man, stay with me. The fire that makes the other people say, I just can't do it. The fire that makes other people say, well, I guess it's just not going to happen for me. That fire burned up those people. But for the church? Somebody shout, I am the church. But now watch this. How did I become part of this church? Well, born again, believer in Jesus Christ. Bishop, what does that mean? Christian. But, 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 but check this out. There's, a, there's an extra part here. Um, that faithfully follow. Now, now check this out. Now, if you're listening to this message and you're not the church, I'm believing by the time I'm through with it, you're going to be the church. So just, just everybody said, even if you're not the church yet, say, I am, I am the church. Now, because the question of the message is what? For what? So the first answer was, is that Jesus is, uh, he really loves his church. But, but here's the second reason why we do all this, why we do church, why we worship, why we give, why we pray, why do we do all that? Uh, it's for the big ask. A-S-K. The big ask. Don't you go out here lying on me. Talking about the bishop was. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, For we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus, y'all. Not only to save us, but to empower us to live the abundant life he died for. Say everybody, everybody needs Jesus. Needs See, even the people that you wish he didn't die for because you wish they would go to the hell that won't prevail, he died for them too. The folks you want to cuss, he died for them too. And for those of you who are sanctimoniously religious and so you're having now a moment of pontification, let me go on and bust your spiritual religiosity and your sanctimonious religion. Please understand, you got some stuff. That he died for. So before you look down your religious nose of judgmentalism at other people, just realize you got some stuff. Can we just be honest tonight? We can just say you got some, we all got some stuff. Now, now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, uh, say the big, the big. Ask. ask. Now I want to connect this for you. When you become the church. You become a Christian. Hear me. Hear me. You must understand that you are an ambassador. Yes, sir. What most people do with their Christianity is box it. They box it. So the only time Jesus is discussed is when they come to the Jesus meetings. Most of the times we box our Christianity. It's over here. I'm going to church. I'm going to worship. I'm going to serve the Lord with gladness. Right. Issue is, what about the other days? Okay. Okay. All right. So say I am an ambassador 
I'm going to make the point the big ask makes sense in just a moment. So 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 20 says, therefore, we are ambassadors. Say, I am. I am. Now, some of y'all aren't talking, so maybe you don't understand how it works. I say, you say it, and you say what I say. I am, I am. an ambassador. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God, watch this, were pleading through us. Which means you are the only Jesus ever come in contact with. Now don't understand him, but the only one who's pleading through us. If you open up your childish face, your ego, and your mind, your just because as a connotation. Much of you. This is the God. Pleading. Or not pleading is just because as a connotation. It's us. In other words, not pleading is anything because it has a new connotation. It says he is pleading through us. God is making his case to them through us. Okay, okay. Which means you've got to through us. Okay, okay. Which means you've got to graduate from this place in life of where you're trying to get a blessing. You've been sitting up under this kingdom teaching for too long. You shouldn't be trying to get blessed. You should realize you are the blessing. What is the blessing, Bishop? It's an empowerment to do well, to prosper, and to be made whole. Which means when you showed up, the environment was empowered to prosper and to do well and to be made whole. It says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. And here's the plea. We see the, see the colon there? So then, so then that means it's subject to. So it says, as though God were pleading through us, subject to. In other words, he's saying, this is what the plea is. We implore you on Christ's behalf, come back to God. See, do you understand that before you were here, you were with God? Jeremiah chapter 1 says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Ooh, it's, oh, there it is right there. See, got it? See, uh, your neighbor misses. I'm going to say it again. Which means before you came here, you were with him. But when you got a body, you had, uh, you, you had a memory lapse. Because your body now puts you in this state of thinking that somehow your beginning began when your mother met your father. But God says, not so. Before I formed you, which means I made him and her father. <laughs> oh, God. Which means you were going to get here whether or not they ever met or not. You're not hearing me. You were going to get here whether or not Craig and Sheila and them came together or not. You were going to get here whether Sally or Harry met Sally or not. You were going to get here whether or not she ever got mail. <laughs> You've got mail. Okay, all right. Anyway, point is, point is. Before I formed in your mother's womb, which means God said, you were with me. I knew you, and I and I set you apart before I sent you. 
But you've been, you been the whole, whole life trying to, trying to figure out, out how it in in whether these be set apart. Come on, come on. We just came out of the series new. Before you were born, okay, let's move on. Before you were born, I sanctified you, I set you apart, and I ordained you. In other words, I gave you an assignment as a prophet to the nations. That was Jeremiah's assignment. Well, check this out, which means before you got here, you were with God. So now that explains why the apostle says in 2 Corinthians, be reconciled to God. You cannot be reconciled to someone that you have not been consiled to in the first place. <laughs> Which means when I come to Jesus, I'm not coming to him for the first time. Salvation is not my introduction to Jesus. It is my reintroduction to Jesus because before I ever came here, I was in heaven with him. So then he explains now, uh, verse 20 there, he says, uh, as though Christ or God was making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So I'm being reconciled to him because I am simply being reintroduced to who I knew before I knew me. I am simply being reintroduced to the God that knew me before I had a body, to the God that knew me before I had eyes, to the God who knew me before I had insecurities because your spirit man didn't have that. Okay, all right, that's, that's too much. Let me move on. Okay, so, so watch this, watch this, watch this. So, so, so when you become a Christian, got it? Your citizenship, hear me, <laughs> okay, I want to walk this real slow. Touch the neighbor say he's going to walk this slow. So when you become a Christian, check this out. Now, your original place of origin was heaven. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Well, for him to know you, you'd have to be with him. Well, we know where he's at. Come on, and if you put two and two together, I guarantee you get four. Now, watch this, y'all. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm going to help your neighbor. Check this out. So then when you became a Christian, what happened is citizenship was affirmed from heaven. It has been suggested, and perhaps I have even expostulated at one time or another, that your citizenship is transferred to heaven. And while that is, is not inaccurate, it, 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 it on the surface could maybe leave something to be incomplete because your citizenship was with heaven. You came to earth as an ambassador. So now when I am out to Christ, I think citizenship is existed body I live. Let's see again. Boy, you're a body. You're a spirit. You are a spirit as a body. That's so. So you're not far, you're a spirit. So you are a spirit that has a body, possesses a soul. So you are not your thoughts, You are not your emotions, but possess them. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. You are a spirit that has a soul, which means your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions, you possess those things. Those things are not you. So stop saying, well, this is just how I am. No, that's how you want to be. Okay, y'all not saying nothing. That's how you want to be because you possess your thoughts. You possess a mind. You are not your mind. 
So how could he tell me to take every thought captive unless I possessed them? If they were me, I couldn't tell them what to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So stop letting people get the best of your emotions. Oh, you're not hearing me. Because you got to learn how to say to your emotions, shut down, calm down, because you're not going to make me make a bad decision because you're not me. I possess you. So sometimes when you want to cry, you're going to have to push those tears back and just say, it ain't time to cry, it's time to fight. Sometimes you're going to have to pick a day to cry, and today ain't that day. But I got to move on because I got to get done. <laughs> so now, your citizenship in heaven, when you become a Christian, is affirmed in heaven. We could say transfer. We could say that. Check this out. Which means now, your job is that of an ambassador. Now. Now, now, here's what you need to understand, because I got to move. Uh, maybe you don't understand what an ambassador does. So, so can, can, can I teach you for a moment? An ambassador, watch this, leaves their home country. See, the meat's already making its gravy. I just told you where you're from. An ambassador leaves their home country. And goes on a diplomatic assignment to a country in which the home country is desiring to have its interests represented in the country they've been sent to. Mm, okay. So God said, I was thinking of who I wanted to send to represent me in Denver. I was thinking of who I wanted to send to represent me in the earth. And you ought to think real good about your God right now because when he thought about who would represent him well, he sent you. That means you're not what you've been through and that means you're not trash and that means you're not a loser and that means you're not a failure because when God said, who can I send to represent me? He sent us. He said, who's going to represent my interest in the earth well? And he sent you because he knew that you could take all the hell you've been through and still be standing. He sent you because he knew you weren't a quitter. He sent you because he knew you were a gladiator. He so watch. So watch. So watch. It leaves its home country. Who does this? The ambassador. And they go to the foreign country <laughs> to represent the interests of the home country. Now, there's some perks to being an ambassador. Can I teach you the perks? Uh, there's several perks to being an ambassador. When you are an ambassador, you have several perks. That's why the scripture says, uh, remember the Lord, forget not his benefits. So what are the benefits? The benefits that come with being an ambassador. Uh, there's several perks. Such a neighbor say there are perks. There are perks. So let's just track it out because I want you to get this. Because if, if you don't shout, you know, well, I'm fine either way, to be kind of honest with you. Uh, but so watch this. You were with God 
before there was time. God sent you to the earth to represent his interests, to plead through you as the church to get those that need to be reconnected to him to come back to him. Because those people too, before they were sent here, were with him. They just have had a longer memory lapse. That's why when you're worshiping, sometimes you can feel like you transcend yourself. And you're like, where in the world did I go? You know why? Because you're having deja vu. Bishop, what's the deja vu? You're going back to the time to when you were with him before you ever stepped into time. That's why sometimes you can be worshiping and saying, where did I go? What happened? It's because your mind is saying, I'm finally back. So watch. So watch. He sent you here to represent his interests. And the scripture says that he is pleading through you to them, come back to me. That's what he's pleading. But now he says, since you're an ambassador, there are some perks. I'm going to make, because the point was the big ask. I'm going to make, make the point in a moment. So watch this. Because, because part of being an ambassador means you have to go ask. So you're here to represent his interests in the earth. You're here to represent heaven's interests on earth. No, you didn't get it. You are here. Bishop, I just got saved last week. You are here. Bishop, I've been a Christian for 100 years. You are here <laughs> to represent heaven's interests in the earth. Hear me. Which means your job is not your source. It is a resource, which means money is only one way you can get things done. I'm going to preach to you because they ain't saying nothing. Money is one way you can get things done. But there's another way that ambassadors have. You know what it's called? It's called favor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because favor says that my home country's got the bill. Which means when it's God's will, baby, he's going to pay for it from the root up to the... Ambassadors enjoy a vehicle provided to them by their home country. Ambassadors can transport things that are not subject to search and customs when it is a, in a diplomatic pouch. Which is the reason why God has let you go through all of what you've gone through, but you don't look like it. Because he put you in one of them diplomatic pouches and said, you can look, but... But then now, but then now, but then now, in the event someone ever tries to accuse you of something... The ambassador doesn't ever get worried about it because the ambassador benefits from something called diplomatic immunity. Uh -huh. Which means it doesn't matter what folk throw against you. It doesn't stick because you're not the jurisdiction I report to. I have diplomatic immunity. Mr. 
said, what are you trying to say? You may have done every dirty, doggone thing that has been levied against you, but I'm here to tell you when Jesus washed his blood over you, he washed you clean, and he washed you whiter than snow. You are not what you used to be. So watch. There's another benefit. Can I give you one more? I promise I'll, I'll move on. There's another benefit. There's another benefit. The, the, the other benefit, the other benefit is this, is the residence in, in, in which the ambassador stays is not even, watch it, is not even considered the land of the country he's dwelling in. <laughs> okay. Y- y'all not hearing me here. When you step onto the ambassador's residence or to the embassy, the embassy could be located in Egypt. But when I stepped on that property, if I'm the U.S. ambassador to Egypt, you are now standing on United States. Which means it doesn't matter what's failing for other people. Your land is heaven's land. It doesn't matter what's not working for the people down the street. When you step onto your land, somebody shout in here. That's why they were laying other people off, but yet somehow they created a position with a raise for you. Why? Because when they stepped on your land, they left the country you were in and stepped onto heaven. That's why other people were, okay, all right. So watch it. So watch it. So watch it. Say, I am an ambassador. See, see that's why, if, if truth be told, for, for some people, you, you sometimes do the math of your finances. And you look at the math. This, this is for some people because I know y- y'all do well. Touch your neighbor and say, you're doing real well. But there's a few people in here that need to hear this because I just need to help you understand something. Where you, when you do the math, the math never quite computes. And you're trying to figure out how, how is this and this and that. It, it, it's because you don't understand where you stand is heaven's land. Why? Because you're the ambassador. That's why when Isaac sold in Genesis 26, can I preach it like a Baptist? <laughs> and when Isaac sold in Genesis chapter 26, the scripture says there was a famine in the land. And it was a famine for everybody. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Genesis 26 and 1. Let's go there. And then can we do this thing right tonight? There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. Say it was bad for them. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Next verse. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I tell you. Dwell in this land and I'll be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. Next verse. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give you the descendants of all these lands and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Watch it. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Here it is. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Watch the next verse. And the men of the place asked his wife and said, She is my sister, for we were afraid to say she is my wife because he thought less the men of the place give her back. She's beautiful. Behold, next verse. Now it came to pass. Say it came to pass. 
when he had been there a long time that Abimelech of the king of Philistines looked through a window and saw him, there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. Keep going, we'll just go through the whole story because it'll be real good to you. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, uh, quite obviously she's your wife, so how could you say she's my sister? Isaac said to him, because I said, lest I die on account of her. Now, just can I show you something? Look at me, y'all. Look at me. Abraham told the same story. Bishop, what are you trying to say? So we see a generational curse in operation. But, but I want to show you that, that God can steal in spite of your generational stuff. Because what, watch, watch. Here it goes. Keep going. Go back to the verse. Go back. Okay, here we are. Where you at? Verse next. <laughs> and Abimelech said, what is this you have done? This? One of your people might soon have lain with your wife and you have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech charged all his people saying, he who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac, watch this. Now, remember, verse 1 told you is what? Look at me. It's a famine in the land. You understand what famine means? That means nobody's land is producing anything. It's dry. It's parched. And it was a famine in what? The land. So look at verse 12. Then Isaac sowed. Look at me. Look at me, Harvest. He sowed when it was rough. He sold when it was tough. He sold when he didn't know how he was going to pay the next this and pay the next that. Oh, y'all don't like that right there because you want faith to be convenient. I need to tell you, faith is often very inconvenient because it shows up when you don't think you got any more to give to it. Then Isaac sold in that land. Now, I want you to read it so you can't say the bishop put it in your Bible when you got here. Ready? Read. Stop. Let me connect the dots because your neighbor maybe, maybe didn't stick with me. So that's okay. That's all right. I'm, I'm going to come pick up. Run the bus around. We're going to pick everybody back up. Okay. That's okay. Some people just got this way. The ambassador. Because he's the ambassador. Whatever land he steps on. Because he's on it. It becomes the land of his home country. Isaac was in a land of famine. But it didn't matter what was on the land because there was something different about the man. I don't want you to high five somebody say, say there's, there's something different about you, something different. It doesn't matter what's going on in the land when there's something different about the man. So the book says he reaped and in the same year, which means it ain't going to take God that long. I know you're thinking it's going to be years, but I think somebody's got some faith in here tonight that's going to be like Isaac's faith. The ambassador in you is going to say, well, it may have not worked last year, but now I know who I am. Thou art Peter. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. You got to know who you are so it changes what you do. Then the ambassador sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Stop. Okay. Put, put the verse, put the verse, put the verse. And the Lord blessed him. Let me see if I can splank this to you. 
He sowed, he reaped hundredfold, and the Lord blessed it. Which means the hundredfold wasn't a blessing. I need somebody to take the limits off of God tonight because you don't understand who you are. You don't understand why you made it through what you've been through. It's because you're an ambassador and he's pleading through you and he says, I'm not going to have none of my ambassadors misrepresenting me. So it matters what you have because it matters what they think about me when they see what you have. And I'm not talking about material things alone, so do not take it somewhere I did not take it. Because you can have material things and have no peace and have no joy and have no love. But don't you let spirituality make you think brokenness is from God. Brokenness. I did make it up. I did. But look at your neighbor and say, but neighbor, do you have the faith? To read the next verse? Verse 13. The man began to prosper. Because he knew he was an ambassador. I wish you'd say to yourself, you're an ambassador. Say your first name and say you're an ambassador. Say your first name and say you're an ambassador. Say your first name and say you're an ambassador. He reaps a hundredfold. Then the Lord blesses him. Put verse 13 up. Then he begins to prosper. Which means just when you think God has done as much as he's going to do for you, God says, we were just getting started. But read the rest of verse 13. You read it. I dare the radical people to just get up and just mark your land. Uh Uh-huh. Wherever I step, it's heaven now invading earth. And I'm not here just playing these little earth games. Wherever my soul and my feet, come here, Joshua. Wherever the soul of my feet should tread, that's the land I'm going. I tell you to just, you ought to make your haters so mad. Because God's just getting started. That's why sometimes you'll be out looking at stuff that, if you're honest, your bank account can't really do nothing for it right now. And you'll be like, why am I out here looking at this? It's because God said, I needed the ambassador to go mark the territory. You Googling stuff, you can barely spell. But God said, I needed you to mark the... Okay, but I got to finish the message. 
Okay, please sit down. Be seated. Be seated, please. Please be seated. Please, come on, choir. Okay, please be seated. Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. See, the ambassador is not subject to anything going on in the land. Because he's from heaven. So the ambassador looks at the land and says, oh, wow. Matter of fact, if you were to go Google some, some of the United States embassies that are in countries that perhaps we would classify as countries that are not as prosperous and not as uh, affluent, and perhaps the persons might be argued to be there not as erudite as those from the United States, you, if, you were to look, if you were to look now at, at, at those embassies, you would discover that that embassy looks totally different than the land it's in. And you could have poverty going on all around here, but at that embassy, at that gate... I wish I had a church that connect dots. At that gate, hell can't come. Okay. At that gate. But I gotta I gotta finish the message. So God <laughs> is pleading through you. You are a what? Say it again. Okay, now watch this. Watch this. Okay, which means your life is preaching. And to demonstrate the fruit of what you're taught. Now watch this. 1 Timothy 2 verses 3 and 4 says this. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved. How many men does God want to say? All of them. Now, I need you to understand this because if you've come up in church, perhaps you were given a very, perhaps maybe uh, uh, hypothetically speaking here, you were given a religious judgmental view of God. That he wants to save those that are living right. Well, then how'd you make it? Well, you come to the Lord, you, after you stop all that, you stop all that and then you come to the Lord. That, that's, that's, not, that's not how this works. See, you're the ambassador. We are the ambassadors that are telling what men? All men. Which man there is not sexist. It, it just means mankind. Who tells them all to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. So here's what that means. Here's what that means, y'all. That means, say the big ask. So I know some of you thought I forgot the point because we got off the ambassador thing, but here it is. It means, God says, I want the unchurched, those that have never been to church. I want the de-churched, those that went to church then fell away. And I want the churched. Self-explanatory. The big ask is that you should invite everybody and anybody. And I'm only talking to, for, our, for our house because this is a pastoral message, but, you know, whatever. Okay. To this place called Harvest. Don't say, well, they don't look like the church type. You're failing your ambassadorial, I made it up, duties. You don't get to determine which citizens, which means I don't care if they look like they just came out of somebody's club and smell like they've been at the Capitol on 420 day. You say to them, God, Jesus the Christ died for you and he loves you and I don't care if you think you're not the church type he still died for you sometimes we pre-decide for people decisions that should be left to them I ain't gonna invite them because they look like this 
They look like that. They look like this. They look like that. They don't look like they would enjoy this. They don't look like that. How do you know that? How do you know that? Well, I'm not sure. You don't know. Doesn't him say you don't know? So check this out. The big ask is when you, as an ambassador, tell everybody and anybody, not just about Jesus, but about the same place you come to for spiritual nourishment. It's disingenuous. Watch this. To say, ooh, preach bishop. And you have told no one. You won't share a Facebook post. You won't retweet a tweet. Oh, oh y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You won't repost a five-minute message. Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing right here. Y'all don't like that? It's disingenuous to say I'm growing so much, yet you've told nobody about the place where you say you're growing so much. Please stop urinating on my leg and telling me that it's rainwater. Bishop, that was a bit brazen. I know I wanted to point the stick. If you have a good meal, you telling everybody about it. Oh, did you? Oh, I had these biscuits. Oh, these biscuits. Let me tell you what they did to these biscuits. You calling 15 people about a biscuit? Well, you're getting the bread of life every Sunday and every Wednesday. Why doesn't your family know about it? Why don't your friends know about it? You are an ambassador. Oh, y'all didn't like that, huh? In the book, The Unchurched Next Door, the writer says 82% of the unchurched are likely to attend if they were ever invited. That's an eight and a two. Now, in mathematics, that means approximately 18% wouldn't come. But the vast majority would if the ambassadors would ever go for the big ask. Okay, okay. The church, hear me, y'all, and, and then we get in this last one, and we, we're going to shout out. Here it is. <laughs> the church is inclusive of everyone, and no one should be excluded because we leave them out. The worst they can say is no, and it's not a rejection of you. It's a rejection of him. But I found out that uh, he's the chief cornerstone that men have rejected. <laughs> so he's used to it. He's not faced by it. For what, Bishop? For the big ask. You got co-workers that you've never even invited. And for some of you, the reason is very selfish. Because you think, well, that's just personal. That's my private place to go worship. So I want to get this straight. So if they die and don't go to the home country of origin, did you like how we polished it? I want to know that you're comfortable telling him that's my private place to worship. I did not invite them because I did not want to have to see them on Sunday and Monday. They can find their own church.
did not invite them because I cannot stand them. All the more reason to invite them. <laughs> so the same change that's happening in your life can happen in their lives. Harvest, are you still here? So for what? Why do we do all of this? Because Jesus is, he really loves his church. Number two, for the what? The busy ask. Very good. Number three, why do we do all of this? Why church? Why do we worship? Why do we give? Why do we pray? Why do we, why do, we do all that? Number three, to find out who you are. Revelation 11.15 says this, and we're done. Y'all all right? It says this. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, the kingdoms of this world are become. Now, I, I love the way it, 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 it records this in the particular translation I have because some translations say have become. Some translations say are become. Now, now that's significant. I'll tell you why in a minute. Are become or have become the kingdoms of our Lord. And, somebody say, and, and of his Christ. You're missing it. Christ is not Jesus' last name. I know, I know you thought when he was in school, as a Hebrew boy, when he went to yeshiva, I know you thought he wrote Jesus Christ. And if there was two boys in the room, I know you thought, okay, Jesus Jones, where yeah, Jesus Jones? Okay, Jesus Christ, okay, there, there they go. <laughs> Jesus Jenkins, where's Jenkins? Where's the Jenkins boy? It's not his last name. It is a title. Christ, Christos in the Greek, Moshiach in the Hebrew, it means the anointed one, his anointing, watch it, and his anointed. What are those three again? The first one? So one dimension of the word refers to him. But the other dimensions of the word refer to us. His anointed. That would be us. Now, I don't have time to reteach that and how that is us. So I encourage you to go to the bookstore and avail yourself to the teachings that are there so you can understand the postulation that I'm taking tonight. But please hear me. The kingdoms of which world? This one. Have become. Past tense. If your translation says are become, it is a tense that is currently happening all the time. So either way, it works in our favor. Watch it. The kingdoms of uh, this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of the anointing, the anointed. Okay. Shall I, shall, shall I preach? Good morning, y'all. Good evening. Good afternoon. The kingdoms of this world don't just belong to him. They belong yes, 
And for those of you that doubt the validity of the use of the word Christ here, just use basic linguistics. The kingdoms of our Lord and of, which means and of his Christ to somebody else. But let's move. Let's move. <laughs> let's move. There are seven sectors, seven kingdoms, seven societal spheres for us to take over. And I got to change the way I say it. In every region, we have a campus. And make them his. They are, you, 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 you know them if you've been here for a little bit of time, arts and entertainment, business, education, family, government, media, spirituality, or the church, the institution. Now watch this. To do that, now, now let me help you understand this because I'm running out of time. Say, I am, I am supposed, to supposed to take over. Say, say it again so, so, so you believe it. Say your name. Now talk to yourself. Say you are, you are supposed, to supposed to take over. Say harvest. harvest. You are, you are supposed, to supposed to take over. One of these seven kingdoms, seven spheres of society. Now, but in order to do that, you must be equipped. How can you go fight with no weapons? How can you fight with no skill and win? There's some fights you can just do this, ladies. But that only works with someone that's not skilled. Someone that's skilled at warfare is going to take more. And the enemy would love for you to be this person. Unskilled at how to fight. But you in the right church, baby. Because you may have used to fall like... But now... <laughs> Oh, you got some skills. <laughs> and now you're being equipped to fight and win. Why? Because we already learned the gates of hell shall not prevail. So, so watch this because I need you to understand why we do all of this. Why the church? Why all of this? Say, for what, Bishop? You got to be equipped to take over. But to be equipped to take over, that's what the church does. Ephesians 4.11 says this. I'm through. Ephesians 4.11 11 and 12 says this, and he himself gave some to be apostles, not apostles. And please, please, when you hear somebody doing that, just, just rub them on their back and say, bless your heart, baby. <laughs> apostles, which means sent ones, prophets, those that declare, some evangelists, that is the gift of, watch this, it is the gift of the conveyance of the good news. So from the gift of the evangelist comes the gift of preaching. But the evangelist is not limited to preaching. Okay, KLU, Bible College. And some pastors, they are married to the flock. And some teachers, they 
equip the flock to be able to hold and gris, uh, excuse me, and grip and to grasp. Check this out. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. The hand of God. So let me tell you why some stuff never works in your life. Scripture says, humble yourself under the mighty hand. In other words, humble yourself under the leadership I've set you under. That I'll exalt you in due time. My hand is my leadership. God would never trust a man with power who cannot submit to one with it. One who cannot follow instructions should never be put in a position to give them. Watch it. Watch verse 12. Why did he give that? Say why, Bishop? For the equipping of the saints. Well, I didn't mean to preach this long. I planned on being done 30 minutes ago. For the equipping of the saints. But I hope I'm helping somebody. <laughs> for the equipping. What you need equipment for? To fight. To win. To take over. You don't go into a corporation to take over with some, uh, with some popsicle sticks and bumble gum. For the equipping of the saints. Say, that's me. Saints is just a real nice word for church. For the work, let me go ahead and deal with that too. Everybody that believes in Jesus is a saint. Everybody. So whether you've done two miracles and saw Mary in a piece of toast, you're a saint. If you're a Christian, touch your neighbor and say, you're a saint. God just want to make it, make that clear. Everybody doesn't say, everybody's a saint. Be like, well, I, I want to make it to sainthood. You're already there. I, I declare you a saint in the name of Jesus. Oh, and I'm a bishop, so I kind of found it. Okay, now watch this. Here it is. Here it is. Okay, just, okay, here it is. Okay, put the verse. Whoop, there it is. Okay. For the equipment of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or building up of the body of Christ. In other words, he said, this whole thing is about the church building the church so that the church can take over the other spheres. Which means it, it is no, watch this, don't box us in over here. We're created to run all of it. That's why the scripture says, and the government should be on his shoulders. What are his shoulders? His church. Okay, let, let, let's move. Let's move. Let's move. Uh, say, I am being equipped, I am being equipped. to take over. Now, let, let's just figure it out. How many of you are in arts and entertainment? You work in arts and entertainment or you do some arts and entertainment, okay? All right, the arts and entertainment, music, art. Come on, art. You draw or, you know, these kind of things. Okay, great. Now, how many of you are, are in business? You're in business. Okay, how many of you work for a business? Okay. What do y'all do all day if y'all don't work for a business? God, that, that's why the economy got it. Well, y'all need to go to work. Now, how many of you work for a business? I mean, there's nobody but there. I'm like, God, dog. I'll fix the economy. Go to work. <laughs> education. Any people in education? Teachers, educators. Okay, wonderful, wonderful, fabulous. Okay. Uh, uh, how many people you, you were born into a family? Okay, you got, okay, okay. Because some of y'all weren't going to raise your hand. But like, no, I just, the stork dropped me off after, after I came from Jesus. It was a special delivery. Okay, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, 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 in government. Anybody uh, work in government? Okay, wonderful. Good. Praise God. We thank God. Okay, media. Anybody in media? News media, media. Okay, all right. Wonderful. Great. All right, and then church. Okay, you're in church. I'm in church. Okay. 
You are supposed, well, I says, look at me. You are in whatever sector you're in because God says, I needed an ambassador there to take it over. What does that mean? Further his influence. What does that mean? Live my life in such a way that it preaches louder than my mouth does. So not only when you invite them to your church and invite them to your Jesus are they interested, but they look at how your life's been preached and they have an interest based on that alone. Okay, I'm done. So watch this. Watch this. Watch this, y'all. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. But Bishop, God can't use me because of my past. God can't use me because of my issues. God can't use me because I don't know enough of the Bible yet. Once I graduate Bible college, I'm going to start going for the big ask. Once I do that, once I make deacon. Once I make elder, I'm going to do for the big ask. As soon as they make me a bishop. Well, who is they? Uh, um, bishop, God can't use me. Watch this. Watch this. Can we get real? Sometimes I still doubt him. God, God can't use me, Bishop. I cuss. Oh, don't you? Don't you get sanctimonious? Okay, since y'all want to do that, we got some tape right here. Of no, I'm just see. Excuse me. Excuse me. Got to the restroom. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, I got to go. Oh, I got to go. Got to go. Got to go. Got to go right now. Bishop, God can't use me. I made a mess of things. Seems like everything I touch, God can't use me. I don't think I've got what it takes. God can't use me. I'm not experienced enough. See, here's what you need to understand about experience and preparation. God rarely used the experienced, but he always used the prepared. David never fought a giant, but he fought a lion and he fought a bear. He had no experience in giant slaying, but he had preparation. See, what you don't understand is your whole life has been preparing you. Yes, you're not experienced for what is in front of you, and that's good news. You know why that's good news? Because if you were experienced for what's in front of you, that means you're going in circles. That means you didn't make any progress. That means you're back the same place you used to be. But if what's in front of you, you say, I don't have no experience in, you ought to be shouting. Because that means God says, I'm doing something new in your life. And so you're not experienced, but you're prepared. <laughs> you're still here. Okay, here it is, here it is, here it is. Bishop, God can't use me. Got too many issues. Romans eleven twenty nine. You ready? And I would encourage you, if you've not had any burst of exuberance in the worship experience tonight, I would encourage you to make this the opportunity. Romans eleven twenty nine. Ready? Read.
you have gifts. You have talents. You have skills. You have a calling. Hear me. And despite your own disobedience, God has not changed his mind for the reason he sent you in the first place. They don't know when to shout here, so let me teach you. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. You may have chosen the 40-year journey, but he still didn't change his mind. You may have wasted time in a bad relationship, but he still didn't change his mind. You may have made some mistakes, but he still didn't change his mind about you. God says, I still want you. That's a good place to shout. That's a good place to clap. That's a good place to worship. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice! Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details.